I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brandest Female. This week on the podcast, my guest is Knox, the New York-based creative director for the brand Damn Pigeon. Knox is redefining the rules of streetwear, which has been traditionally a space for straight men through her identity as a masculine-presenting gay woman. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. In 2011, Knox created Damn Pigeon with the hopes of representing girls like herself who are typically left out of the streetwear space. She caught her big break after being casted in HBO Max's The Hype, a streetwear design competition show where she quickly made a name for herself thanks to her raw persona and impeccable design talent. She was a stranger to entrepreneurship, but knew she had to make a space for women of color like herself. Here's my conversation with Knox. Knox, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you for making time to speak with me. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. I like to kind of get the origin story of uh, everyone I have on the show and uh, learn more about how their journey started. So I'm curious to know when you were growing up, what kind of career did you think you'd have in the future as a, as a grown-up? Ooh, as a grown-up, I thought I'd be a basketball player, professional WNBA women's basketball player. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yep. I played for a long time, actually. I played until I was like 20 and then cold turkey. I was just like, I'm done. I left college and I came to California. That uh, That's a good, a good transition. I like that too. And from there, so I know I've read a little bit about your story. I want to talk about your brand. Uh, but how did you get started kind of in, you know, in, in, in the business of making clothes? What was kind of your first foray or the, the first inf- inspiration for you? Back in college, I actually already started making clothes. I used to go to the thrift store cut things up and, you know, like add my own little patches and words and paint. That's how I really got started. But when I came to California and I found that they had a fashion district, it piqued my interest. You know what I mean? And then I met a girl who could sew, who left college art school at the same time as me and we connected. And I'm like, oh, you can live, I'll, you live with me. I'll, you know, I just want you to sew what's in my head kind of. And that's how I truly got started. And what did you have, you know, any inspiration? Were there any, uh, I don't know, role models in the industry? Was there like a specific brand or a specific designer uh, that was a source of inspiration for you? To be honest, no. I just thought it would be cool if I could make something from scratch. I kept seeing all these fabrics and I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if I could try to just make something out of nothing. But the first thought that I had <clears throat> was to switch the sleeves on T-shirts. So a T-shirt would be like a white T-shirt, but mm. this would be like a floral sleeve. And that was like my first real hit in the game. What, what I really got noticed for was that sleeve switch thing. Snake sleeves, floral sleeves, pattern, any pattern sleeve I would switch on a regular T-shirt. Mm. And from what I read, it started with you making clothes mostly for, for yourself. When did, you know, when did the switch happen that other people started wearing what you were designing? When my friends started going to like nightclubs 
with it on and coming back to me like I got like 12 compliments tonight or 10 compliments because that was our deal. I was like, I'll dress you if you tell me what people say when they're like, oh, that's dope. So when they started coming back and telling me that they were getting many compliments, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a website. And when I made the website, I got my first sale in like a day. And then I got another one and another one and another one and another one. I was like, oh, this is crazy. But then I had to start making them, you know. So that's when it really turned up for me. Right. But that when we started wearing (laughs) stuff to nightclubs is when I opened up my eyes like, oh, other people will wear this. Right. And were you designing for, you know, were you designing men's clothes, only women's clothes? What did you start with? I started with men's because I wear men's clothes. So it was easy to create that silhouette from stuff I already had and then try it on me. And then as time went on, I saw a lot of women wanting to wear it. So I do still design for men, but it's become unisex because a lot of women like the androgyny of men's clothes. Right. And it sounds like it was quite organic in terms of, you know, people starting to wear your designs and and the sales happening thanks to the beauty of e-com. When did it feel like you might have a serious business, you know, on your hands? And did you, was there like a conscious decision to start your company and your brand at that point? And when did it feel like it was going to be, you know, a real way of earning a living and and a career for you? Ooh, I can't really remember the year, but I remember what happened. Mm-hmm. When I yep. felt like it was really real, we got calls from like these big stores. In the checks that they were talking about, I was like, what? And the amount of pieces like, oh, 2,000 of these, and 1,000 of those, and 500 of those. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really like fashion business. I'm not just a fashion designer. And then mm-hmm. um, a couple people inquired to early on to like license my name or buy the business for like significant amount of money. And I was like, Oh wow, this is a business and I could probably, you know, sustain life doing this. Mm. And you've just mentioned, you know, brands interested or groups interested in, in buying your business. Uh, and there is a form of authenticity with everything you design. And I know that's something that's important for you. And in streetwear, we often see brands that start out authentic, but eventually, uh, you know, sell out or become part of a, of a larger group. So why, why is authenticity and kind of remaining, you know, your, your own brand is so important for you? I think because uh, you can tell with the intention that goes into something, you can tell if it remains authentic and, you know, there's care behind it. My hands are still on not every piece that's made. I didn't make them all myself, but my my hand is on it, which means I take a good look at it. I kind of know a lot of my customers, not face to face, just from their returning orders and stuff and Instagram and social media. Like I try to keep it authentic as I can because. I like a mom and pop feel when it comes to a brand. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, I love grassroots organic stuff. I'm from New York and I I just like to keep it, I like to keep it authentic. Yeah. Once somebody licenses your name, that's why I said no, because once somebody licenses your name, it can get really crazy. And it's still something I created. And if if it got corny, people would know. My customer Mm -hmm. bases would know, oh, Knox didn't make that or didn't design that rather. Mm-hmm. And in streetwear, uh, it's an industry that tends to be, you know, uh, where women are underrepresented. A lot of, of men are typically designers, uh, you know, of, of, of mainstream brands or, or the most well-known brands. 
you know, was there any, any challenges for you? And it's interesting because you design, you know, mostly, or you started with men's, uh, men's clothing primarily. Um, did you feel there were any barriers for you at any point in, in, in trying to make it as a brand? Well, for sure. For sure. When uh, I first started, I used to get the, the talkings of like, oh, nobody's going to wear that. Like no man's going to wear that. It's a lesbian clothing brand. Right. But then, you know, J. Cole started wearing it. Chris Brown started wearing it. And people kind of like got out of that pretty soon. But just in general, being a woman in any industry is a little bit tougher. Being a woman who presents masculine gets a little bit tougher. And mm-hmm. being like, you know, <laughs> multiracial woman, masked woman, a little tougher. So I just start from the back and try to work my way up keeping it authentic, you know, meeting great people and continuing to be myself and let my talent speak louder than my words could ever. So Mm -hmm. there's been challenges, but I keep, I just keep designing, you know? (laughs) And I, and you know, it seems to, to work well for you. So I'm, I'm glad you're taking that approach. And and I think that's really inspiring for, for women who face challenges really in any industry. And there's always a, a naysayer who'll find a reason to, you know, see an issue, what we're about. And, you're proving you're proving them wrong, which is great. Um, tell me about maybe one of you know kind of the biggest lessons you're in your first few years of doing business. What's something you and and, and again, it sounds like your growth was kind was quite organic for the brand. And um, you know, was there something that you could not have planned for that happened, and you wish you had been able to foresee or plan differently? Like, what was kind of that big learning in those first few years? The first few years, I, I got a little over my head, you know, trying to cast my net so wide and trying mm. to get everybody to buy Don Pajon. Everybody. I want everybody in Don Pajon. Until later, I learned that instead of going wide, I'd rather go deep. I'd rather go with the people that I know are supporters of me and really feed them with the depth of design and get to know them and, and get to see what they like and what they want instead of trying to get a million people in Don Pajon. I'd rather have like a hundred thousand and let that and, and go deep with those, with those people. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I was just trying to cast it so wide that I'm like, you know, I got a little over my head. Orders started coming that I couldn't fulfill right away. And for any, any entrepreneur who sells a product and you kind of have a couple years in it, you know what I'm talking about. You get that heat up and then everybody wants it. And then you're like, I did, I, I, I went too fast. Yeah. <laughs> That was a lesson I learned. Yeah. And then it's kind of time to regroup and refocus. And often it's just going back to basics and our, and our original vision, right? Yeah. Don't be scared to rebrand, you know, mm. it, it, rebrand doesn't mean you quit. doesn't mean that you still don't have the same fire and tenacity, but don't be scared to rebrand, change a logo, change packaging, like certain things you have to do to keep it fresh and funky. <laughs> Mm, that's good advice. Um, what kind of network do you rely on? And by network, it can be, you know, the, just the community you've built around you or advisors that can be external to the organization or uh, just, you know, people who support your brand in general. Like what's what's that circle that you rely on on a daily basis? On a daily basis. Maybe it's not I a daily basis, it. but. <laughs> yeah, I, I rely on uh manager i like i love my manager he'd like jump off of a bridge if we had to together holding hands Mm -hmm. um the women in my life my girl my mom you know 
my mom's always going the extra. My girl's always super supportive going the extra mile. My brother, who has been my partner since day one, and he never questions my decisions. He's always just like, okay, you know, if that's what you want to do, okay. And then, obviously, online social media, my supporters, who see me literally make jewelry off, off of YouTube in my college dorm room to now, you know, mm-hmm. so just the whole social media, when my music, when I'm out and about people saying hi or what's up, the, I was on the show called the hype. So yeah. people ongoing supporters, much love to you guys. But my every day is like family management. And then also my team at Don Pajon who helped me sew things together. They, they, they complete the whole cipher for me. Right, right. And I want to talk about the hype, the the HBO Max show that you appeared on. Um, and for people not familiar with it, it was a show focused on uh, streetwear design, and you were one of the participants. So, did that? What was your reaction, first of all, when when that came about as an opportunity? Did you think it was something that could be a fit for you, or was it uh, kind of a complete surprise and shock? <sighs> You know what? During that time, I was going through like a a, a rough patch, if you will, like a fork in the road. Like, do I want to keep designing at this level or do I want to, you know, try to go be a creative director at some other brand? I was really consciously having these talks with my girl. And then a phone call comes like, would you be on a fashion show? I'm like, what one? They said the hype. Secretly, I never watched the first season of The Hype, so I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, sure. It, like, what's the premise? And then they told me, competition streetwear for money if you win. I'm like, oh, sign me up. So I actually got the call that I was on the show, and I had five days to get all my stuff in order. Mm. So when I got there, I still had this questioning in my heart, like, can I still do this? Can I do this competitively? You know, in front of like the world in a time crunch against all these other amazing designers. And luckily enough, my motto, just keep designing. I made it all the way to the finale. So I really Mm. proved to myself uh, that I could do it. And for people to watch, because I know people see me and like, oh, there's no way she can sell. There's no Mm. way. It's a crazy juxtaposition on how I present. And like, you wouldn't think that I could sell. But for everybody to watch me actually sell and come out with like, crazy looks and then a full collection it, w- it was pretty dope so once in a lifetime experience i'd say for real. yeah well and congratulations on you know making it that far on the show and uh, i can i can see why it's it's bringing more eyes on the brand and more people to get to know your story which is which is fantastic um how do you approach kind of playing that role of leader? And, you know, I've, I've read some of the things you've said as uh, you, after you appear on, on the hype and uh, I think you, you uh, didn't foresee being so um, kind of vulnerable and open and, you know, talking about your, your experience growing up in the industry and everything you went through with the brand. Um, so what, what does that role of leader mean to you? How do you approach, you know, leadership being at the helm of the brand representing a lot for, you know, many people being a voice uh, for other lesbian designers in, in the space uh, and also for the team who works with you today? Oof, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> 
I think being a leader, you just got to be honest and be vulnerable with the failures, you know, mm. that, yeah. that, that come because they're going to come. And a leader to me is somebody who's just honest and transparent with that. You know, even on the show, it was like, it was hard for me to do the show, to be honest, because I've always felt like the leader and like the boss of my own, my own thing. And to get on the show as a contestant kind of played on my ego. Cause I was like, wow, I'm a contestant, you know, I'm like a leader in my life, but I'm a contestant on the show, like competing against, other people and some don't even have like I've been doing this for a decade you know and I got people up here giving me advice at the end of the day but like I've been doing this for a decade so it was hard to drop my leadership role to play a contestant on the show but you they always say a good leader has to be a good follower you got to play the role when you have to and that's what I have to do if one day I need to be the boss and make decisions I am Another day, if I have to beat a time crunch because I have to make an outfit for a show and there's nobody else to do it, I have to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. And there's other days where the shop is a mess and I have to clean it. (laughs) This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women and Enterprise and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way, so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. It's yeah, it's it's all those things at the same time, which often people don't, you know, they, they don't see the behind the scenes when they see uh, just somebody at the at the helm of a brand. Um, I want to talk about the fashion industry a little bit. And uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk uh, the, these past few years about inclusivity, about representation, about diversity uh, in all in all meanings of the words. And uh, we've seen some progress, but we know there's, you know, do, several issues can still be observed. People have commented on, you know, there was a certain trend towards uh, body diversity and, and kind of, you know, body positivity. And that seemed to have moved in the other direction, um, you know, as a lesbian designer, as uh, a, a, a woman who, who um, uh, you know, designs men's clothes, everything that you stand for, what's your view on what needs to change within the industry and how we can go about making that change happen? I think what needs to change inside the industry, (laughs) go back to it again, is just authenticity. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of gate holders and key holders that keep it in like their circle and friend group. That's why a lot of things and a lot of brands stay stale there's nothing innovative or new. I could go back to the conversation about uh, the creative director at Louis Vuitton, that Pharrell mm-hmm. is now the creative director at Louis Vuitton, but there were some well-deserved women up for that spot, like Martine Rose, Wells Browner, and I really think Martine Rose should have got it. She's been doing it for so long. She mm-hmm. has like such a great take on men's clothes and fashion. She's one of the goats of like menswear, that's that's a woman, you know, 
And I really wish that she would have got that to just have a, a different take on things. Right. And we gave it to somebody who's obviously great at fashion, mm-hmm. um, musical genius. But at the same time, I just, if it's always going to be these recycled individuals, how are we ever going to grow? And I always do think it's nice to have like a woman's opinion and a woman's touch on certain things. And we give that torch to men and women's wear. A lot of men are behind the greatest fashion houses of women's wear. And it's just, I just want to see where we could take it if we reverse that methodology. You know what I mean? Mm, Absolutely. I think it would be really special. Mm. It's it's really interesting you bring that up. I'm always surprised, you know, looking at most. And and, and the issue too is we're seeing a lot of, it's like the, the, the pool is getting smaller and smaller of the top brands that are, making it as mainstream. And if you go to the, you know, large department stores anywhere in the world, it's always that, that same pool of stores owned by the same big uh, groups and conglomerates. And it's mostly men, you know, at the helm of those brands. Um, It's interesting you bring up Pharrell for for Louis Vuitton as well, uh, because it seems we're also going for, or those groups are going for, you know, kind of marketing and personality first and foremost. And I love (laughs) that you're mentioning going back to design, right? You have a passion for design. That's that's how authentic you are. Um, How, you know, are we losing sight of, you know, maybe that... uh, uh, the skills behind designing, behind creating, and in favor of, you know, faces that are going to be good for marketing? Yep. Yep. And I love Pharrell, but when I when I heard that, he popped out of nowhere. There was three contenders that were all good contenders that's been doing fashion, and then out of nowhere, Pharrell, which is, mm. which is cool. I think he's going to do great things for the brand, but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, like you said, we're trading in you know, the authenticity of the artist for marketing face value. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel pressure, you know, again, being kind of the, the you're the name, you know, behind the brand, you're, you're the main uh, creative. Do you feel pressure to appeal to have kind of that marketing, you know, push and often for, for creatives, I know it can be a challenge to, you know, again, focus on what they love and focus on what they, they've been meaning to, to be about. And in your case, you know, creating and designing, um, how do you kind of balance the two, you know, still being visible for the brand and building that external persona. So, uh, you can, you can appeal to the, to the audience who's going to be shopping your brand. If I could do it all over, I wouldn't want to be the face of the brand, but now Mm. that I've set myself up this way, I, I, I actually don't because I've been told I need help on that as well. Like, I, I, I just continue to be myself. It's like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I'm that type mm. of person who will like make a YouTube video and I don't tell you to like or subscribe. It's like, you're right. going to do it if you want to, if you feel moved to. And if you don't, then you just don't. And that's fine with me too. I guess sometimes I'm too, too lax in, on that, but I have other things that I'm working on outside of Don Pajon. I have a couple other brands. Uh, I'm making candles and home goods. So Ooh, I got a lot amazing. of stuff coming mm-hmm. in the wheelhouse of like home fragrances, room sprays and, you know, perfumes and stuff like that. So I got a lot of stuff I'm working on. Mm-hmm. My my ultimate pivot for Don Pajon is I want to turn it into like a an essentials company where you can find like mm-hmm. really, really high quality blanks, like trench coats and Sherpas and vests 
like this and just turtlenecks, stuff like that. Right. Well, excited to see what, uh, what comes <laughs> next for you and for the brand. Um, how do you define success for yourself? And has that definition changed over time? If we had that conversation, you know, when you started the brand, when you started designing, you know, how, how did it change from, from that point uh, to now? I used to think that success was money, mm-hmm. you know, but I never knew why I wanted so much money. <laughs> but now I think success is about being at peace, being aware and being wealthy. So you can like extremely wealthy. So you can pull other people up, you know, and help mm-hmm. other people and be mm-hmm. very generous. Cause like, what's the point of being super wealthy if you're not super generous at the same time? you know, and helping other people like you to move up the ladder. So mm-hmm. anybody I see who needs any advice from me or I, I give it to them, you know what I mean? Without anything, wanting anything back. So at the end of the day, I know how hard it was for me to climb it. If I can mm-hmm. help you get two, three steps up, I'm super down for that. But that's success to me. Just living in peace, awareness, wealthy with family and people who love you, you know, mm-hmm. creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we, and you've mentioned, you know, and, and, and I love kind of that shift of, you know, success was about money and it still is, but now there's a purpose for what you're going to do with that wealth. So how do you pull, and in general, how can we pull other women up? Uh, and in, you know, in fashion specifically, how, how can we make more space uh, for women to have a seat at, you know, the, the table for, for decision makers and, uh, you know, people at the helm of brands or uh, kind of in more in more leadership positions. I think we just have to, you know, be responsible with the money choices that we make, you know. Or you go and give that dollar to a brand, just do a little five minute research. And if it's a and you, if you see a woman out here designing, buy some of her stuff because yeah. sales are what speak. You know what I mean? If you're in a department store. And her stuff is flying off the rack. Chances are they'll make a reorder. There'll be more of her stuff. And that's how we can support mm-hmm. her. Even, even with famous women who are doing stuff, like um, Alicia Keys has a candle brand. Courtney Cox has room spray. Like, go buy, go buy these things. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't have to be like the struggling entrepreneur mm. artist, the struggling artist. We have to support women in totality, like big brands and small brands you know, and create a good cipher of that going on. That's what I say. Spend your money mm-hmm. with women and, and see where that gets us. Like if we made that intention, if we set that intention to do that and in two years, three years, see where that gets us, I'm pretty sure it would make a difference. That's really good advice. And I think as consumers, we forget how much impact we can have on a regular basis through all the purchases we make and, you know, where we choose to shop or buy from, uh, it's, 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 it, as you said, it's just a question of making the research and not everything is labeled as being made by a woman. And sometimes exactly. we don't know, but it's, it's an easy find uh, with a Google search. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. we're already buying, even me, like lotions and conditioners and makeups, you know, you know what I mean? So just do a little bit more research. Yeah. And it's, it's expensive being a woman. So let's put those dollars to good use towards, uh, towards yeah, women exactly. makers. <laughs> um, 
how do you, um, and, you know, you've talked about authenticity, you've talked about, uh, you know, what success means to you. And it's not just about the material success, it's the people in your life, the relationships in your life, but how do you kind of find balance? And I'm interested in hearing you, especially when you're going through, you know, something that's a bit more difficult or challenges in the business. So for women who are maybe having, you know, a tougher time, how, you know, what kind of conversations do you have with yourself or what kind of practices do you turn to, uh, to, you know, to find that balance and to, to strive and, and move forward? When I'm feeling out of my normal self and at odds with my personal thoughts, I usually like to go outside. I like to hike and I like to run. Mm-hmm. Running is top tier essential in my life. You know what I mean? I have to, if I'm not running, I can feel it. I can feel it in like how I vibrate and in my frequency and my energies. And I always say that it's important to either write down your thoughts or do a voice memo, you know, a voice memo on your phone. Yeah. If you're a weak moment at like a crossroads, record yourself and let it all out. And then in the next couple of days, play it. You might feel different about it. You might be like, this is not even a real concern. I was just like, I was just tripping. Or you might hear it and be like, oh, I was being a baby. Mm -hmm. And this is something I can definitely get out of. If I heard somebody else say this, I'd be like, come on, you know? So sometimes you can dig yourself out of your own hole just by Mm kind of talking to yourself and then waiting and listening to it again. And then I also have strong people to talk to and try to be vulnerable when I can, when I feel like it's necessary. But running and doing my journaling and my voice memo thing come before I talk to anybody. And then if it's still on my heart, I'm like, I got to talk this out with somebody. You know what I mean? Mm, I like the voice memo idea, like an audio journal of sorts. That's a, it's a really good exactly. idea. I'll give that a try. Um, what would be your top two, you know, tips, pieces of advice for, uh, for women who are thinking of starting a business let's say in fashion, let's say, you know, even possibly in a streetwear category, but fashion overall, what's the two most important things you, you'd have to tell them? I would say start now, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you're waiting, I need, if you're waiting for something that you need to get you to start, you're never going to start. Yep. Just start today. Whether it's buying a sewing machine or trying to find a pattern or get a shirt, start today. If you need, if you need any assistance, hit me up. I'll give you good tips. Start today. And my second tip would be make space for yourself. There's always Mm. room, you know, make space for yourself. Sometimes we're not going to get the space that we deserve and we're not going to get the apologies we deserve or the thank yous. We don't give a damn about that. Make the space for yourself because there's always space for us. You know what I mean? That's in mm. anything. You'll take something to somebody and they'll say, oh, I don't know how to do that. No, they know how to do that. And if they don't know how to do it, find somebody that will. Like, you know, your designs are important. Your creations are important. Your input on the culture is important. So yeah, make space for yourself. Don't take the, don't take the no's, you know, and just settle for that. I like that advice a lot because I think for, for a lot of women, and I hear this from women entrepreneurs all the time, there's also you know, we see so, so much has been done today and we, it's easy to just look at the competition and say, well, they're doing it. They might be doing it better than I ever could. 
But as you're saying, there's always space for one more voice for, you know, a new person at the table. So this is great advice. Then there really always is. There, there truly always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. What is on your kind of, you know, to-do list, vision board, uh, big goals for 2023, things that you're working on this year? Um, I'm working on some home goods stuff and yeah. I'm working mm-hmm. on a really, really, really high-end contemporary brand. It's called Benardine, so be on the lookout for that. It's it, it, it's going to be really dope. Ooh. It's a labor of love. I've been laboring this love for for a while, and then it's almost done. And I'm super excited. I'm super excited about the candles and the fragrances. I'm going to start doing actually candle reviews and reviews of home sprays and everything luxury to add to your home. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> Yeah, very exciting. We'll we'll stay. We'll keep our eyes open for for uh, the new products and wishing you all all the best with what you're working on right now and what's next to come. And thank you so much for making time today. I really enjoyed hearing about your journey and getting all your insights and advice. That was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brandy's Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandysfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.